It is Wednesday, the 9th of February. How are you this Wednesday? Are you well? I've had one hell of a day, dear listener. I'll bore the living bejesus out of you in a moment and tell you all about it. But it's been one hell of a day. But we're here, you and I together again. It's the Richie Allen Show, live from Salford. Please, please get involved by talking to me on the Skype or on the phone. It's the phone in today. Or if you don't want to phone me, go to richieallen.co.uk and leave a message there. Comment live on the menu bar. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. Not making that up, by the way. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host... Richie Allen. Yes, it is the global phone-in, as it has been dubbed. You can speak to me through Skype, through the telephone, around about half an hour, maybe sooner, because I've got very little for you. I've got nothing. Nada. Niente. Squat. I've got squat in terms of a news rundown, because I've had a busy day, and I just got back to BBG Towers about 15 minutes ago, just in time for the programme. It's, uh... Yeah, it's been crazy. You know, we've got dags. We've got dags. You like dags? I like dags. We have dogs. A German Shepherd and a Golden Retriever. The German Shepherd, Bobby Jean, is turning out to be quite the little bollocks. Bollocks. Bollocks, B-O-L-L-I-X, is a less offensive version of bollocks. Bollocks you use more like a term of endearment. You know, a couple of weeks ago, she had she poisoned herself. And we had to go to the emergency hospital. And it cost £250. I'm not crying now. This isn't Crimea River here. Just telling you. Dogs are money pits. Just in case you are stupid enough to be thinking about getting a dog for the first time. A couple of weeks back, Animal Hospital. No Rolf Harris there, thank God. Anyway, in we went. 250 quid. Yesterday morning, the little ball X, the little ball X, pulled up sharpish while running in Buell Hill Park and cried and screamed like dogs do and then whimpered for a bit. And it's improved a little bit, but it hasn't improved, if you know what I mean. Contradiction there. So we took her to the regular vet today and now they want to sedate her and x-ray her for a possible broken toe. The little ball X. Money pits, dogs, eh? Eh? Money pits. Anywho, so I've been doing that this afternoon. Just got back. There are tradesmen working around the house as well. This 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 money pit. Everything is a money pit. This ramshackle cottage that we're we're doing up in Salford at the moment. So uh, I just arrived in. So you would ordinarily get a monologue. Sometimes it would be very funny. Other times not. Today you have squat. I've got nothing for you. But I will be opening the phones shortly. And when I do open the phones, these are the details you need kind of a thing. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Talk to me now. You would think that Kurt Zuma, the West Ham footballer, hang on. Hang on, I'm going to talk off a mic there. Because I had such a rush to get back to studio 
is that I didn't insert my little pen drive into my computer to grab a couple of bullet points. Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves there. There you are. It's done now. Did you talk amongst yourselves? You did. That was quick. Right. Yeah, Kurt Zuma. You would imagine that Kurt Zuma murdered a child, kidnapped and murdered a child. The way the media is carrying on about Kurt Zuma. Now, he's a central defender, I believe. I, I know, I know. I watch a bit of foosball. I watch the foosball. Kurt Zuma played for Chelsea last year. Big money signing for West Ham. Happy Amers. And all was going well for Kurt until his dopey brother decided to film Kurt while booting around a cat for fun. This emerged yesterday. Not good, is it? The brother laughing and egging him on. Not good either. But what about the media coverage of it? What do you make of that? What do you think of it? Is it just the tiniest little bit hysterical like? Because people don't just want Kurt Zuma punished and denied the opportunity in the future to look after animals, which I think is fair enough. Find which I think is fair enough. And his football club have fined him two weeks' wages, the maximum permissible under the agreements made with the Professional Footballers Association and football clubs, right? No, people want the man destroyed. Destroyed. They want his career ended. They don't want him to play football ever again. They want him exiled. They want him banned kicked off the internet, off his social media platforms, and penalised forevermore. Kurt Zuma. And you've even got these lunatics. Remember Huntingdon Life Sciences? Do you remember that? Now, Huntingdon Life Sciences, I don't know if it still exists. It probably does. But it was a company, or is or was, I don't know, a company that used animals for medical research, which isn't nice, is it? It's not nice. It's not something that makes us comfortable living with the knowledge that animals are specifically bred to be basically lab rats, no pun intended. We don't like it, but I'm not a hypocrite because I eat meat. Not much meat now, but some meat. A lot less than I used to eat, by the way. But uh, these Huntington Life Sciences employees, they had these animal rights people come after them. They're crazy people putting bomb threats through their companies, telling their neighbours, calling their neighbours up and telling their neighbours that the guy who works for Huntington Life Sciences is a convicted paedophile. Lunatics. And you're seeing that with Kurt Zuma now. It's horrendous. Do you think Kurt Zuma now regrets beating up the cat? And not because it's a scurrilous a rotten, cretinous thing to do to a defenceless animal. But do you think Kurt thinks to himself now, you know, I might as well have been hung for a sheep as for a lamb. I should have played keepy-uppy with the cat and, and see how many times I could do it and then tried to break me record by doing it again. I kept the cat up in the air 15 times with me knee, with me foot and with me shoulder. I'll try for 16. Do you think Kurt might think that? Eh? Do you think Kurt wishes that he had played hacky sack with the cat? Because it wouldn't have mattered, would it, with these lunatics? Nut jobs. He's a feckin' Egypt. I mean, it's disgraceful. We love our furry babies, don't we? And we absolutely, we, we fall to pieces when anything happens to them. He's an absolute twat, isn't he? 
He is a, what they used to call here years ago, a, a fucker knuckles. The guy has more, there, there are things on the bottom of ponds, as Sybil Fawlty once said famously, lying on their backs with more brains than Kurt Zuma. What a dreadful thing to do. By all means, take the cats off him, which I think the RSPCA did today. They confiscated the cats, fair enough. Hopefully, some judge will say, no more animal care for you, Mr. Zuma. You, you, you obviously haven't got the, the basics of looking after animals kind of nailed down, son. You know, we, we don't kick cats around the room, number one, number two, and, and, and then fine him and maybe get him to do a bit of community service maybe in, a, in an animal shelter and see the heartbreaking reality of animals that have been abandoned. But Jesus wept, don't destroy the man. What's happening to society? Is there no room for forgiveness? I don't mean right now. People are up in arms about it. It's a horrible video. I, I don't mean today. But Christ, the guy's got to get on with the rest of his life, doesn't he? Mad. And I think, of course, this and the way the media goes after this, the way social media goes after it, it's all about really, it's all about kind of instilling in everybody fear of the mob, fear of falling foul of the mob, particularly online. Look what happens when you transgress in any way. It doesn't have to be about animals. It could be anything. Look what can happen to you. Your life can be ended. They're calling for this guy to be fired by West Ham. Give me a break. No, absolutely not. It's madness. I mean, that ultimately eventually goes for everybody. For everybody. You might be, you might be clever enough to know that there's no such thing as man-made CO2, uh, uh, excuse me, as man-made global warming in the near future. You might be clever enough to know that mRNA vaccines are probably incredibly dangerous. And you might talk about stuff like that. And you could, they could go after you like Kurt Zuma. Don't think that the two things are not connected. Don't think that th that's a, a, a very silly hypothesis, Richie. It isn't. They want you to fear the mob. Look what happens when you step outside, when you cross the line. Jesus, the man's an idiot. Yeah, of course I'd be worried about somebody who thinks it's funny to boot a cat or any animal. I'd be worried about their, their general mental well-being. Right, when children pull the wings off of Daddy Longlegs, they say, well, children are a little bit evil, some children. Now, I, honest to Jesus, honest engine, I put my hands up, I never as a child, pulled the wings or legs off of Daddy Longlegs. I swear on the life of my missus. Never. I never did that. But I saw kids doing it. I saw kids eating ladybirds and, 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 and killing wasps and stuff like that. Kids can be evil, curiously evil little feckers, but they grow out of it. But when a grown man is doing stuff like that, I mean, a psychiatric evaluation wouldn't go astray there now for, for Kurt Zuma. But everybody else back off and leave him alone. And stop demanding that his life is cancelled. They want to go after his ancestors, these people. Jesus wept. Horrible. If I get one email saying I'm condoning abuse of animals, I'll hunt you down. And I'll beat the bejesus out of you. Do you know if Kurt Zuma had gone to a nightclub last night in London and some poor Egypt, full up of Bud Light or full up of Jack Daniels, harmless, wimpy guy was standing outside a chipper and he had his hands in his pockets, minding his own business. If Kurt Zuma had walloped that guy 
in the face and giving him a kicking on the ground. There wouldn't be, there'd be nothing, well, something would be said about it, obviously, but you wouldn't get that sort of furore, this going after the guy like this. And there's, there's so many issues there. You know, people who prioritise animals over human beings, people who don't get too upset at the things that governments do to people, to people, to humans, but they're up in arms about what somebody might do to a cat. And again, do not insinuate that I think it's remotely okay to harm an animal. I do not. I, If I'd seen something like that myself, I would have kicked the guy so hard in the balls. His next job, he'd be in a production of Bizet's Carmen in the Royal Opera House in Seville. He'd be hitting notes that high. I'd take a run at him from about 25 metres away. But, um, oh, it's mad, isn't it, today? Kurt Zuma, let's destroy the man. David Moyes, the West Ham manager. I love the pragmatism of David Moyes. Why did you pick him, David? Well, he's one of the best players we have. and I have to pick teams to win football matches. And then, then of course, they're going after David Moyes. He's a sociopath. He has no feelings. Bullshit. Moyes is like, of course I do. I love animals too. But ultimately, he's an employee. They're going to deal with him. He's got to go out and do the business on the football pitch, right? Uh, 13 minutes past five. I don't expect you to want to talk about that in the phone-in, but you can talk about whatever you want is what you can talk about. So Boris Johnson today did what he does every Wednesday. He stood at the dispatch box in the House of Commons and he took questions from MPs and a series of questions from the leader of the opposition, a guy called Keir Starmer. Won't bore you with too much of that. But just before the questions commence, Johnson... The Prime Minister said that it's very feasible that all remaining COVID restrictions in England, including the legal requirement to self-isolate if you tested positive for COVID, that could all end later this month. The way it stands now, any Egypt who's stupid enough to be taking lateral flow tests regularly, and I've never taken one, and I'm pretty sure you've never taken one. But any gombean, any gobshite who's taking these tests while there is nothing wrong with him, at the moment, if he tests positive or she, let's be inclusive, they've got to self-isolate for five days. But Johnson says this might end very soon. In fact, it was supposed to end on March 24th, one week after St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, but they said they might bring it forward because the positive trends in the data make it look like we can end all of these restrictions pretty soon. But they're lying. They're not going to remove the the testing regime. They are still going to ask people to test themselves, you know, if they are going to certain places or whatever. However, some of the backbenchers, the COVID sceptics on the backbenches, people like Mark Harper and others, they are demanding that the government or that the country ceases, stops, giving these tests to people for free because it's costing billions. And of course, it, it, it will probably all end then, wouldn't it, dear listener? Because it's the testing that has kept the scam going for the last 12, 14, 15 months. I know it's been 19, 20 months since March 2020. I know, but it's the testing. It's the fuckwits who are completely healthy, who have been taking COVID tests that are designed 
to find a positive result, right? Then informing the National Health Service, I tested positive, there's nothing wrong with me. That's what has kept the scam going. It is hoped, at least by the COVID sceptics on the back benches, they hope that if the tests, which are now free, if they become, if, 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 if the, if they are, if there is a charge levied, if there is a charge put on the tests, that most people will go, well, sod that, I'm not paying for these tests, and the scamdemic ultimately goes away. What do you think of that? You know, Johnson saying, no more staying at home if you test positive, you can still go out now and do your thing, we want to get rid of all these restrictions. Do you believe them? Maybe it's something you might want to explore in the phone-in. Now, I know you don't believe me, uh, but today I'm doing the mainstream media thing. Five, six minutes maximum per call. I want you to get to the point. This isn't the mainstream media, so I'm not going to be rude to you. I really want to hear you, but there will be queues of callers. So I want you to come on, have a little natter, tell me what it is you want to say, and then I want you to piss right off. And if you're going over the time, you will hear this, and then you'll have to shut up. Shut up, will you shut up? Simple as that, right? Shut up, will you shut up? I think that's Graham Chapman, is it? From Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Any animal lovers who think that I was defending Kurt Zuma, maybe you'll want to give me a bit of uh, a bit of shite on the phone in. When we do it shortly, 10 minutes I'll start taking calls, maybe a little bit less. Uh, the University of California has agreed to pay nearly $250 million to over 200 women who uh, were sexually assaulted by a campus gynaecologist. Multiple women, according to the New York Times, accused the UCLA guy, he's a UCLA guy, um, called James Heaps, of deliberately hiding uh, his sexual abuse. They're accusing the university of being complicit in covering up this guy, James Heaps, and his sexual uh, abusing of girls. He was at the UCLA Student Health Centre for 35 years. Hundreds of women, some of them who had cancer, were abused by, by this dirty bastard. $215 million they've given, uh, the, well, they've been ordered to pay to, to many of these women. And this might be positive. I don't know if you have small children. Now, look, I know if you have young children, I know that, well, because you're on listening to me, it's highly unlikely that you would permit your five-year-old to be given a COVID jab. I know that. But some of your friends who do not want to jab their five to 11-year-olds, but may feel that they have no choice for school reasons, for travel reasons, there might be a little bit of hope. It comes in the form of Professor Paul Hunter from the University of East Anglia. He was speaking to BBC Radio 4's Today programme this morning. Ordinarily, dear listener, I would have all of this audio because I would be prepared. Today, I failed to prepare, so I am preparing to fail. I have no audio, because I was in the vets with the bollocks, I-X, I-X, the little bollocks. If I said it, I start getting annoyed now. <laughs> little money pit. I might play hacky sack with the German Shepherd later on. That'd be some achievement, wouldn't it? She's already over 23, 24 kilos, the big Baxter. Anyway, I've just made a joke about kicking a German Shepherd. I could be in serious trouble here, but maybe I won't be. 
Anyway, back to the issue at hand. Paul Hunter, University of East Anglia, told BBC Radio 4's Today programme that giving healthy primary school children COVID jabs is pointless. Pointless. Because the children have probably had COVID, allegedly, multiple times. And they've probably already had the Omicron strain, the Omicron strain, the moronic strain. They've probably had that too, the little blighters. Meaning that they they are herd immunityed up the jacksie. That's a medical term, apparently. They've got herd immunity coming out of their arses, these children. There's no need to jab them. This nonsense will jab them so they'll protect their grannies and grandads. This Paul Hunter guy went on BBC Radio 4 today with Nick Robinson and God knows who else this morning and he said, no need for it, no need for it. Will it have any impact on the decision which has already been made to jab the 5 to 11 year olds? Well, maybe we shouldn't hold our breath waiting for a U-turn on that decision. Maybe we shouldn't hold our breath, but you never know. And finally, for the moment, at 21 minutes past five, I did all of this little news rundown as I was driving back from the vets. I was driving back from the vets. I had my mobile phone while I was driving. I was steering the car with my knees and I was looking up this news rundown on my phone. I had a can of, can of Carlsberg that I was drinking as well and I couldn't really see out of the windscreen because one of the dogs was on the dashboard. But I tell you, I, I leave no stone unturned when it comes to getting the Richie Allen show on air. Every bit of that was bullshit, by the way, just in case anybody might be thinking of calling the police or 5 uh, Teachers at a primary school have been indoctrinating 10-year-old pupils by getting them to write letters. Is this true? By getting them to write letters uh, criticising Boris Johnson over over Partygate. What kind of fuckery is this? This is true. Welbeck Primary School, which is run by Danny Welbeck, who used to play for Arsenal and Manchester United. No, it isn't. It isn't. It's just called Welbeck Primary School. It's just a coincidence, Danny Welbeck. At Welbeck Primary School in Nottingham, staff have been blasted for pushing the youngsters into writing notes, attacking the PM and calling for him to resign. (laughs) Resign, you bloated straw-haired goon, wrote one seven-year-old child. Um, But this is true. Another, the Twitter account of the school has shown the children doing this. One of the tweets showed a pupil scowling, scowling, it's a great word, scowling next to a whiteboard and on the whiteboard was emblazoned, with magic marker presumably, lies, mistrust and selfish next to Boris Johnson in an adult's handwriting. So an adult teacher presumably wrote lies, mistrust, selfish and then Boris Johnson. <laughs> Nadim Zahawi, the current education secretary, is not happy at all. He said, well, well, he said, uh, look, it's good that we introduce students to the concept of politics, but uh, we really shouldn't be encouraging them to pin their colours to a political mast. Yes, the head teacher of that school in the past has tweeted uh, a series of left-wing messages. I don't know what they might be. And the head teacher has used the phrase Tory scum online. Tory scum. Yeah, yeah. Shut up, will you shut up? Shut up! 
This is Tom Petty. I'll be taking your calls right soon. Actually, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on, Tom. Tom, stop. Stop, Tom. Stop. I'm supposed to do this, aren't I? It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Those are the details. Now, if you didn't catch those details, they are on the website. There is a story on the website. A story. It says Richie is taking your calls or something like that. There's a meme on the Facebook page, which I do not run. It's run by my mate Roger. On the Facebook page, there is a meme which gives you the details, the Skype name, chat with Richie, excuse me, and uh, the telephone number, which again is 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, that is plus 44 161 818 2018. Look forward to hearing from you. Remember, Five, six minutes tops. Let's get through lots and lots of calls. Here's Tom Petty. She's a good girl. Loves her mom. Richie Allen Show. 28 minutes past. Five o'clock it is. Drive time in Salford. Wayne is on the line. Good afternoon, Wayne. How are you doing? I'm good. Can you hear me there? Loud and clear, Wayne. First things first. Is your surname really Studley? It is, yes. What a fantastic surname, Wayne. And I am not taking the piss at all. Where does it come from? Studley. It's a great name. Um, it's, uh, there's several uh, areas of the UK which have Studley. There's Horsingcombe Studley near Oxford. Um, there's several further north towards yourself. Lovely. And um, it's, uh, I have Welsh... Um, uh, well, well, Welsh relatives. So, so there's some studlies over there in 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 Wales as well. Well, with a name like that, you must be gorgeous, Wayne. I think that's a given. We can just move on from that. Now, I am. No, I'm, I, 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 I like you. I'm an ugly fat old. What bastard. you mean? What you mean, like me? For, first of all, I I might be ugly. I'm not fat, Wayne. I weigh <laughs> fourteen stone on the money. Six foot six. It's all in proportion, ladies. Meaning well, that my I'm fingers are as long 11, as my toes. I'm 5'11 and 15 stone. Jesus, lose a bit of weight, Wayne. Now, uh, I'm, I'm not saying it, this for your benefit. I'm saying it for everyone. Uh, five, five and a half minutes for everyone today. Wayne, it's over to you. Mate. Lovely to meet you, by the way. What would you like to say? Yeah, just um, just, uh, just your, your earlier notion of um, uh, paying for tests. Uh, fantastic idea. Yeah, that, that, would, that would solve the problem like um, in, a, in a drop, basically. Um, you think it's game over, Wayne? If they start charging these morons for the tests, they just won't have them. Well, exactly. No, nobody's going to pay for it for, for, for taking the test, and then you know the, the numbers drop, and the, the, the whole situation is resolved. I don't mean family-wise now, but in your circle, Wayne, have they been doing that, ordering these tests and taking them? Well, I've got a young daughter. She has to to do the LFTs for for school, uh, unfortunately. Um, Let me take back the moron comment then because your daughter obviously isn't a moron so forgive me for that so so, do you mean that she wouldn't be able to attend if she didn't produce the negative lateral flow test? Um, yeah, well, it's a policy of the school uh, she, she goes to a private school uh, so it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a conflict of interests to be honest with you but um how do you mean yeah. now? How do you mean conflict of interest? 
Well, I mean, I, I wish that she she wouldn't have to do these tests whatsoever. Yeah. Um, How does she feel about doing them? She's fine. It's, it's peer, you know, peer pressure. The whole thing it just flows. Interesting, Wayne, isn't it? Because I was reading today, half term is not too far away, and yep. a number of newspapers today suggested that families who ordinarily might head off to Spain maybe for the half term, they won't go because Spain is demanding for even for people over 12. They, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe, maybe you, might, you might not know this, but they're, they're looking for proof of, of vaccination for, for even people over 12 and, and maybe a negative test. So people are just saying no. And they're going to Mexico and Turkey, apparently, if you believe that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I'm in the same position. To be honest with you, I, I, have, I have family. Um, all of my family uh, is in the Mediterranean. It's a different country, Malta, but they have this mandate that you have to, you have to, any, anybody over I think 12 years old has to be uh, double jabbed to get in. Um, so but, I, I, I basically can't go and see my parents anymore. That's uh, yeah, lousy because isn't I won't it? get jabbed. jabbed that's uh, lousy, and that's in Malta and. What about, and do you have any idea about vaccination rates in Malta? Have they been doing well there in terms of, I shouldn't say doing well because obviously I think we, we probably shared the same opinion of the jabs, but I wonder, have they been successful in rolling them out in Malta as far as you know? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah, my, 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 my parents have both been, both been doubled and boosted up to the hilt and they'd, they'd probably be lapping up if, if, if there was a fourth, fourth one coming. To you be think they would? It's funny, it's funny that because from what I understand, I know a couple of people who live in Israel and I know a man who has family in Israel and when they've offered the fourth job to older people, yeah, Wayne, yeah, they've grabbed it. They've grabbed yeah. it and said, yeah, give it to me, quick. Well, well, Israel has one of the highest vaccination rates in, in the world, but they also have the highest... Um, uh, yeah, uh, affection. You're right. Affected. You're right. At the moment, they're saying that more people are dying of COVID in Israel than anywhere, say, in Western Europe, and they're they're trying to come up with excuses for it, and they are yeah. avoiding at all costs. They are completely avoiding the big elephant in the room, which is all the jabs. It can't be the jabs. It must be because the jabs, the 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 influence of the jabs wanes. You know, the the protection wanes over a few uh, months. They they just won't admit that maybe the jabs has got something to do with it. Exactly. It's it's just a big big farmer fucking coup, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. It's sad that you can't go to. Listen, I don't want to waste my time. You're not wasting my time at all. It's been a brilliant call, mate. I'm sorry about your parents. Will 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 they? Will they come to see you? I mean, you, their granddaughter is here, and I'm sure you have other family. Will they be making the journey over here to see you guys? No, they're they're they're, they're really kind of elderly. They're not in a position to travel. Right. But listen, uh, one of the things, the the main reason I wanted to call you was about um, about this amazing speech that, uh, or talk that I heard from one of your um, past. Um, past speakers, R- Rachel Elnor. Rachel, yes, the former Dragon's Den lady, the, the businesswoman. Yes, she, she had a speech, uh, oh, she did a talk yesterday, which I listened to this morning. I, was, I wasn't able to travel to it. Um, but it's, it's very powerful. And, and I really think you should get it back on the show if, if it's at all possible. But what I'll do is, um, is I'll post the link to that, to that talk on your, on your website. Uh, because it's uh, yeah, it's just 
a recent it's, it's all, a recent talk telly. and, and I, I imagine it's about some of the things she spoke about to us in the past it's about kind of doing it you, you know alternative ways of living to to, to, to kind of uh, to not yeah to, to kind of to isolate from this agenda or to get away from this agenda to live in a different way is it on those lines the talk is it Wayne it is um, uh, yeah it, it's pretty much all, all encompassing um yeah, you know, it goes into yeah you know, the, the the alternative um, living arrangements if if you wish, but also the the you know the agenda the the current agenda and you know post it on that is post it on the website and uh, I I'll give it a bit of a boost. I look forward to seeing that. I like Rachel. Let me tell you this: I, I hope uh, they see sense in Malta soon enough, and that you get to see your parents. I'm sure your family. I'm sure your daughter is missing her grandparents uh, terribly. So uh, good luck with that, and thanks for being the first caller, Wayne. Top man. No, no problem. Cheers, mate. Lovely to speak with you. That was Wayne there. Fantastic surname. Studley. Absolutely wonderful. Great. I love surnames. I used to have this thing. I used to be very much interested in the, the, the origin of names, the genesis of names, where names come from. I'll give you the contact details again. Calls are starting to back up. Here are the contact details, So It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. It's about time we said hello to Tom in Slovakia because he tried to get through before and he didn't. Tom, I'm thrilled to be chatting with you today. How are you, pal? Hello, Richie. It's me. Ah, I'm fantastic. I'm, I'm really delighted to talk with you, Tom. First, so am I actually. I'm just. First things first. Anyway. Oh, no, brilliant. Uh, first things first. Um, yep. Being in Slovakia, you're not a million miles away from the the uh, the, 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 the the conflict between yep. Ukraine yep. 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 and Russia. Does that sort of thing make you nervous, Tom? How, how are people feeling about that there? This is actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you last time when I tried to contact you. I mean, us as a Slovaks, we don't feel it at all. Although we share the borders with Ukraine, just maybe maybe hundred miles or so, or to the to the, to the east, yeah. But we don't feel it as Slovaks that there should be, that there is a any conflict. Obviously, our mass media boasted up that obviously bad Russians do bad things to Ukraine Ukrainians. Other than that, we don't feel it. So the media, in your opinion, is overhyping this situation, yeah, Tom? Yeah, that's that's uh, actually quite recently. Uh, Slovakian Parliament um, agreed or signed the contract or agreement with the uh, U.S. Army as a, as they call it, uh, what do you call it, def- defense uh, cooperation contract which technically we didn't have to have because obviously we are part of NATO for, for some years, yeah? Yeah. And there is actually quite 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 large opposition to it, like uh, amongst the people. But the parliament and the government basically say yes anyway. So Now, this is fascinating to me. So the people weren't happy about it. But the there gov- protests actually attended few. Although I'm not a huge fan of protests as yourself, you know. Yeah. But because obviously some of the protests were um, like um, some other coalition, no coalition, opposition parties set them up. 
Right. Which I um, I'm not a huge fan to the parties because basically it's oh okay we don't have it as in in the UK like uh, Labour Tories and so on yeah yeah and we may have maybe four or five parties but it, in in reality you still have it like red and white yes you know what I mean? yeah they're all the so, same ultimately so tell me this I know you can't speak for every Slovakian yeah. but if you could I'm going to ask you to generalize which I shouldn't do yeah. but. How 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 is Russia seen by Slovakians generally? Is there a mixed this, feeling towards Russia? Yeah, I'll you, um, uh, as, I'll start this way, okay? Rich, we are similar age, yeah? So basically I'm 80s child, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, until 89, yeah, until 89 we were on, in, in the Eastern Bloc. We were separate, but we were still under the influence of Soviet Union, yeah? Obviously, there was a big thing in 1968 when Russians intervened in our uh, revolution back then. So basically, since then, we had Russian army here staying. So that created huge anti-Russian feelings. So even now, you can still... um, find people who hate the Russians to uh, to the bits because obviously they invaded us back then, although it was all um, Warsaw Pact. Uh, yes, because armies. because yeah. back in 1968, the usual suspects, the United States and Britain and France, were backing anti-government um, yeah. separatists. And yeah. Exactly. So Russia, listen, I'm not the biggest fan of Russia either. I, I don't believe that Russia is entirely innocent in, in the world. Exactly. But, but Russia had to protect its own interests in 1968. I mean, it's. I, I think Russia is still doing no, no, that. Probably you didn't get me then. Back in uh, 1968, uh, obviously I wasn't alive. My dad was maybe 15 or so. Anyway, the point was that uh, there was a like um, huge revolution against the socialist uh, government, and basically they they wanted to uh, to have like a break to uh, what do you call it capitalism. But because and there was actually within within the socialist or communist party, yeah, yeah. there were um, main people who actually led it. They, they called it like uh, socialism with human face, right? But uh, because Russia didn't want it, basically they sent uh, armies here from Warsaw Pact armies as well as from Russia. And since then, we were socialist. Czechoslovakia still as a socialist country until 89th when basically, as you may call, Velvet Revolution and basically socialism fell completely. In 1992, I think Czechoslovakia split to two two separate countries. But since then, why I mention that is because you still find people who back Russia and people who hate Russia. So you got a mixed okay. thing. But wasn't yeah. um, wasn't Dubček in 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 the late nineteen sixties? Wasn't he a Western puppet too? Though wasn't he? That's the point <laughs> I was making. Um, I, I suppose there were people. There, there will be people who say I'm wrong. He wasn't. Uh, the uh, Alexander Dubček. He he was basically a Western puppet. But but then I could be conflating. Yeah, uh, you, you, this is exactly, we can argue if he was, because obviously he was the leader yeah. of the socialism of, uh, socialism, socialism, sorry, socialism oh. with a human face, that yeah, was his yeah, big yeah. phrase. 
Yeah. We may argue about that. We, you oh know. no, we won't because I don't know. It's just it's just the impression I've been given yeah. over the years. But of course, same, I don't same. know. So I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't born then, so I don't know. I I only have hearsay from my parents' experience and so on. Um, it's, uh, same, we can argue about Václav Havel probably. Uh, of course, uh, but be, be, because because, be, because I'm pushing the calls on quickly today, can I ask yeah, you a couple yeah, of you. can I ask you a couple of quick questions? Um, so you don't believe that Putin will invade Ukraine? That Putin is just flexing his muscles? Is that what you think at the moment? I think it's flexing the muscles on both sides. I think this is. Uh, I, I, I believe this is all global politics. For us little people, if you know what I mean, maybe a small conflict will arise from this, but I don't believe uh, that this will be huge, uh, like uh, what do you call it, occupation of yeah. Ukraine. I don't believe that. Now, t- Tom, you don't think that it's possible that the Western, uh, I suppose, the Western countries, the, the usual suspects, as I called mm-hmm. them earlier, you don't yeah. think it's possible they might stage some sort of event like they've done it before the shooting down of an airliner or something yeah. and try and blame Russia for it it's very possible but again I, I think they are very well aware this is as I'm saying I, I see it from bigger picture because I don't think a third world war will come from this this will be something no. we can they, they will create conflict they can feed on if you know yeah. uh, for the west feed for the east because, as you said, I don't think Putin is any innocent man. No, of yeah? course not. So he will use that, uh, if it happened, he would use it for his benefits and same the best. Absolutely. I mean, he's not an innocent man. I don't like him. He's just another thug. He's another KGB agent. Exactly. He's just like the CIA. They're all the same. But Russia was given assurances back in 1989, 1990, that the NATO would not go any further east than than Germany, yeah. but it surrounded Russia, and I, I don't blame Russia. Very quick question, Tom, before I move on. I'm delighted that you got through. Um, I'm tell, delighted to tell us about your Tell us about your president, Zuzana Kaputova. And just quickly, in terms of COVID, what has it been like for you there in Slovakia? Basically, what is this woman like? Yeah, uh, she, for me, uh, personally, I don't follow politics generally, but uh, because I see them all both puppets. They followed and sued. What the UK was doing, what the US was doing, I have no words for her, and she she has no my uh, she has no respect for me. At They're all, all the she's same. Just a puppet there. Puppet another there. another puppet of yeah. uh, of, of of the West. Well, Tom, yeah. I I hope to I I hope to God you're you're right that we're right when it comes to Ukraine and and it doesn't escalate any further and that there are no false flag events that, you know, try to draw people into conflicts. Thanks for, 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 for getting through, mate. I'm, I'm amazed to, to hear, you know, the, the different countries people manage to find Thanks. the radio show in. So the fact you're listening in Slovakia, it uh, makes me much. smile. Thank you very much for all your work, by the way. I have to say, recent, even yesterday, the issues you were bringing up and late, uh, your guests, I'm amazed, honestly, and thank you very much. Uh, Tom, it's been brilliant speaking with you. Thank you very much. I hope we chat again. That's Tom in Slovakia on uh, Wednesday's Richie Allen Show, live, of course, from Salford. The time is 14 minutes to the top of the hour. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. You can get through right now. 
It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And of course, the said for me, said Richie, the Skype thing won't cost you anything really. I mean, you're paying your monthly internet bill anyway. If you're calling the UK phone number from overseas, it'll probably be expensive. Downloading Skype and giving some silly name, you don't have to give many details, it's pretty straightforward, so do that. Uh, Joan was trying to get through, it's been a while since Joan was on. Joan is a Yorkshire woman living in the great state, well she's living in Toronto is Joan, but she's watching very carefully, is Joan, what's been happening in Ottawa and the Freedom Convoy. Joan, welcome back our kid, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Asher, I'm delighted. I, I saw you were trying to get through there just at the last second and I said, listen, we're going to be talking about the Freedom Convoy. Hey, Joan, how impressive is this? These men and women are still there in the middle of Ottawa. How long has yes. it been now? 10 days, 12 yes. days? Amazing, right? Yes, it is. I, you know, for the last two years, most of Canada or the people that I know, we've all been like, we're screwed because Canada... Is just sitting there and doing nothing. Nobody's fighting. Nobody cares, seems to care. And then when this happened, I mean, I just wanted to talk to you just to share some goodness. Like, you cannot believe the buzz around Canada. I mean, I'm in Toronto. I'm about five hours wow. away. So I've got friends who have been there. The love and the unity and it's just, I can't even put it into words. It's just amazing. Is it too far like, away from you, Joan, uh, feasibly for you to get down there and be a roving reporter for the Richie Allen Show? Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I might be going this weekend. And I was going to fill you in about yeah. the organisers uh, put out a press conference yesterday saying if it goes black, which means because th- th- they're thinking that the government might cut the cell towers and all that. So if it goes black, you won't be able to record anything or make a uh, take a picture or anything like that. Hang so on a said, second, hang on a second, my great friend. Roll back about two meters there. Are they <laughs> are they really like again? I'm going to sound naive. The, the, the you think they're going to be, or, or at least the protesters think that the state is going to become so desperate that it's going to enforce or cause a blackout of, of sorts and internet to go down. They really yes, fear that, do yes, they? Wow. Yes. Wow. The organisers have said, if you can get down here now, like before it happens, they're talking, they were talking Tuesday night or Wednesday night. So it didn't happen last night. So I don't know. But uh, Trudeau is getting desperate. So they, they say he's going to... They're going to do something. And they said that they've got riot cops ready to go in and remove the, uh-huh. and then get the trucks removed and take the truckers to a facility to be processed. So well, now, hang on like, a second now, because the mayor said earlier this week or over the weekend that protesters outnumber the, the police, which made me laugh. I thought, thank God, that's what we've wanted for most of our 
lives after we, after we woke yeah. up, right? The protesters. So, so have they brought in? Is, is the National Guard? Is there such a thing in Canada? Have they brought them in? Are they bringing in numbers, troops? I don't know, policemen from other parts of the country. Yes, they've got policemen in from. They've got police from uh, like Toronto and Ottawa. But I do believe that they're bringing in riot police now i don't know where they've come from but right. they they've turned on the people they just arrested an 80 year old man the other day for honking his horn because now honking your horn is an offense it's an offense yeah but listen maybe yeah, so- maybe maybe you and i have got the freedom convoy totally wrong maybe they're maybe they're just a bunch of crazy anti-vaxxers and they're sponsored <laughs> by and they're sponsored by russia june Maybe. Yes, that's what that's what Turdo wants you to think. <laughs> but but yeah. yesterday, uh, the day before yesterday, the cops came and took at, at night, and it's you, we're talking minus twenty odd degrees in Ottawa. Jesus. So they took the the jerry cans away that's got the gas in that keeps them keeps the engine running right. so that they can keep warm at night. And we've got children in these trucks. There's families in these trucks. So they took the jerry cans away. So yesterday, hundreds of people showed up with jerry cans. Hundreds of them. Hundreds. It was amazing. Fantastic. And now the jerry cans are all lined up, sort of trying to, you know, in front of the camp kind of thing. But um, maybe the so people, Joan, the, maybe the people are finally seeing behind the mask and they're seeing oh, the so, ugly, yeah. monstrous nature of this agenda. I mean, yes, the things sure. they are doing, the lies they are telling about people, all the lies about violence. Anybody can see there's nothing violent about any of these protesters. Not no, remotely. No, not at all. It's all families. Yeah. It's flags. It's And they fed the homeless. The streets have never been cleaner. Crime is down. It's it's all like, it's amazing. But Wonderful. of course, you don't hear that on the mainstream no. media, right? Gene Ann has just said to me on Messenger there, Gene Ann just said, it's kind of like, it's I am Spartacus. That's wonderful, isn't it? You yes, know, yes. I'm telling yeah. you that the the feeling we're all a bit scared now as to what's going to come next because there is something coming. I can feel it, but you know we don't know what that is. If they if it goes black, anything could happen. So I hate know, to say I hate to say this. I I I, re- I really hate to say this. If I was in their situation, and of course I wouldn't be because I'm not an evil monstrous bastard. But if I was, yeah, I. I'd kill communications in the in the region. I would. Well, they don't know what else to do, right? Because yeah. everything they do, the people just come together and fix it. It's not they find a and way. The people now are opening up the homes. Oh, so the government also bought out all the hotel rooms in Ottawa, so nobody could stay. I read that. I, that's that's yeah, one thing. In no. fact, Spiro, God love him, Spiro, top man. Spiro sent me something along those lines. Yeah, they're trying to make it impossible for the support to arrive, yes. the cavalry, yes. to come and help but these people. people are opening up the homes and, you know, if they say we need food, they've been handing out food, they've been handing out gloves and scarves and toothbrushes and, and, and things for kids. They've set up hockey games in the middle of the street so kids can play hockey. It's just... I mean, it's just amazing. Here's a question it's for you now. Uh, I, I do read the Canadian press. They want me to believe, I'm over here in England, that there isn't any local support, that Ottawans are sick to the back teeth of the blockade because they can't go about their daily business. That's what they're telling us in the press. But you uh, are hearing and seeing a completely different picture. 
Yes, there are some Ottawans that are, you know, pissed off with all the honking and that's why they, you know, it's now an offence. But they did a survey or something now. Is this true? I don't know. But tons of Ottawans are just with us. They're not against us at all. So, you know, yes, you'll hear that in the mainstream media. It's what they do, right? They lie and cheat. So, but it, it's just... It's just heartwarming. It's beautiful. It's all about love and unity and getting our country back. Fantastic, John. Oh, so in um, in in uh, Alberta, Kenny, who's the premier there, said the other day, he said, OK, well, I'll, I'll lift some restrictions and we'll see what happens. We might have to bring it back. So the organizers said, no, there's no strings attached. Wonderful. You either lift them all or Wonderful. We're not going and you know, once they start saying, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this for you, you know you've got them on the run then. Exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. So something big is coming, I think I do, because they, because the, I mean, Trudeau, I mean, the whole world is laughing at Trudeau. Laughing right? at him, yeah. Right. He ran for the hills, didn't he? Didn't he? When, yes, when he old... did. And he comes out and says, like he said today, enough is enough. Go home and stay home. From his bunker me... with, with, with 50 goons armed to the teeth standing yeah, around him. Tough joke. guy. He's another tough guy. Yeah. I'll tell you what, yeah. John, if you look, you obviously you're on, you do whatever you want. You're under no pressure. You've got your own life to live. But if you do happen to get, get to Ottawa, uh, anything you film or anything, I'll, I'll put it on, on, on the website. You know, okay. if, you, if, you do, if you do get there and you, you speak to anybody. But uh, look, thanks for the update. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Yeah, and thanks again for all you do. Give over. Thanks very much, Joan. Well, thanks a million. You keep us saying. That's lovely, Joan. Joan's a Yorkshire woman, which means I love getting the... You've got to get the opportunity. She says what she likes, and she likes what she bloody well says. That's the, that's the Yorkshire mantra, is what it is. You can call the programme. It's 0161818 0161818 That's if you're calling inside the UK. Outside the UK, plus 4416181820182018. The best way to reach me is by Skyping chat with Richie. It's all one word. It's all one word, and Richie is spelt without a T, you Philistines. It's R-I-C-H-I-E. I've not had to use this yet. Shut up, will you shut up? Love that. Shut up, will you shut up? You might remember that scene, actually. Arthur, King Arthur, rocks up on the horse that he's not really on. And he has this, he has this conversation about existentialism and politics and anarcho-syndicalist communes with a couple of people rolling around in the mud. <laughs> And he gets so fed up that he can't convince the peasants that he's right and they're wrong that he eventually just resorts to screaming at them. Shut up! Will you shut up? I order you to be quiet. I think it was Graham Chapman. Anyway, so do drop me a line. Do give me a call. Things are a little bit slow today. There was a lot of calls backed up there. Let's uh, let's take Elizabeth. It's been a while in Madrid. How are you doing, Elizabeth? you got to turn me off there in the background. That's, do you know what? That's a rookie mistake, that. You're listening to me on the computer and then you Skype me on the same computer and then I can hear my own voice in the background. It makes me all very confused. Right, Elizabeth, have you turned me off? Yes, I have turned you off. No, you can turn me on. In- Fantastic. Oh, How are you? Uh, pretty good. Um, I guess I just wanted to go back to one of your questions of or what people are talking about. Well, they all seem to be easing things down. Yeah. And- Look at this uh, guy in, uh, what was it, Alberta, Canada, he says now, 
Yeah, the measurements are going back, but what does he say that on top of it? Yeah, but we will let stores enforce or businesses enforce the QR code uh, in you know, uh, Andalusia in Spain, for example, yeah, we're going to get rid of the QR. Oh, no, we're going to do two more weeks, two more weeks, the salami technique, you know. Right. Educate so me. What, what, what's what's the salami technique? The salami te technique is a technique where you just, you know, you, you offer little bits of the torture, one little slice at a time. Right. And then, you know, you you get a little break from it. They release you, make you feel a little bit more comfortable, and then, Okay, we take another little slice away. So they just keep pushing you until, you know, you're pushed into the corner so far. And that's basically the digital passes. And I don't know if you saw the EU has basically extended that until uh, 2023, middle yeah. of 2023, the digital ID concept. So it's not going away. And the Dutch parliament just added another 50 million euro to increase the QR pass capability in the Netherlands, even though they're talking about, let's get rid of the measurements. That's right. Now, stay with the European Union for a moment, because when you said that the EU has extended it for another year and, 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 and a month or a year and two months, whatever, what, what, what that actually means is, is that the European Union is saying that businesses should, should, should have it there in reserve or if they want to use it over the course of the next uh, 12 months. And Boris Johnson, of course, the UK allegedly uh, is not a member, or I should say, uh, yeah, the UK is not in the EU anymore, allegedly. But Johnson is saying the same thing today. He's saying we'll remove COVID certification as mandatory, but if businesses want to do it, they can do it. That's a big red flag for you right there, right? Oh, absolutely. Plus the fact that None of our governments are actually in charge. It's it's the EU and the the World Economic Forum, those kinds of organizations that are running the shots. They're just using the individual prime ministers or whatever in place, politicians in place to kind of lull the people, you know, into complacency in their own local native languages and make it seem like we're doing something. They're not doing anything. They're just following orders. So, you know, I can also see in Spain, for example, um, with the QR codes, especially going into even a shopping mall, you know, uh, those are all owned by the big box stores now. So, you know, the more little mom and pop businesses go out of business, you'll be you'll be forced to go to those kinds of shops. And so they'll you'll be demand forced to, see to go into pass. digital pass. Yeah, yeah, they'll demand. And until recently, I think we spoke maybe two or three phone-ins previous, but you there there was still a requirement for people to wear masks while on the streets of Madrid. Yes, and they brought it back temporarily for I don't know three four weeks, and now supposedly it's gone again. Although a lot you know less people were doing it, I still saw lots of people. Oh, okay, yeah, today we have to start doing it again. I will. I mean, little girl across the street, maybe six seven years old, playing by herself with a mask on. I mean, just pure insanity. I mean, these kids have been wearing masks for two years all day long including Jim now. And do you think that's irrecoverable, do you think? Well, I, it's clear that the people here are totally bought into the narrative hook, line and sinker, or they're just very obedient and they're not going to go swim across, you know, against the stream. That much is clear, which is one reason why I think, you know, they didn't add more restrictions over the entire Spanish country. There's no need. There's 90% vaccination. Uh, people wear masks. Uh, you say, tomorrow masks again outdoors. Okay. 
most people do it. They'll do it. I don't know if yeah, you saw so this. What's the point? They're, they obviously know, psychologically speaking, that, okay, there's not that much of a need to really push the Spanish people. They'll do what we say anyway. Yes, and, and it will stay with them. The, the fact that yes. they've been wearing masks for so long, the need to 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 enforce it or to to bring it back in might not be it might not be necessary to do that because they've become accustomed to doing it. Did you see this the other day? I had to do an about take. I had to do a double take even when I when I read that you 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 will know of course uh, the winter olympics is is happening in Beijing at the moment. Yes, yes. And I saw that um Canada we just spoke with Joan in Toronto. Canada played the Russian Olympic Committee because Russia is kind of semi-banned from the Olympics. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so Canada and Russia basically played an ice hockey match and the players wore masks. They wore face masks during the game. And that, oh that, that is because before the game, some players tested positive for COVID. So the players who didn't were so terrified of getting COVID and maybe missing out on some of the important ice hockey matches, they wore face masks during the game and hilariously, Elizabeth, when the game had concluded, some of the players said, yeah, it was terrible, terribly hard to breathe. It was yeah, terribly hard to breathe. To breathe even. Of course even. it is. Lunatics. I mean, it, it's insane, the masks. I mean, my daughter goes to nightclubs that, that are still open in Madrid. And I mean, they're panting and, and dancing all on top of each other, shouting, dancing, sweating, la, 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 la. No masks, no nothing. But then in classes, she has to sit with a mask on all day. Uh, you know, <laughs> distanced. And I guess the other thing I wanted to say is be careful about, I mean, what the other callers brought up too about, they're going to pull some punches on us. You know, there was a, a small story that I saw about, oh, if the war starts in the Ukraine, then, you know, Europe will, you know, have a problem with gas because they might, you know, Russia will bomb the gas, la, 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 that kind of a story. So there's all kinds of little nitpicky ways that they can still make our lives hell. False flag, yeah, yeah. False you know? flags. They've used false flags for years. Absolutely. And it doesn't absolutely. have to be a. It doesn't have to be an explosion that is no. blamed on on Islamic terrorists. It can be anything, as you said. It could be an attack on well, they, they infrastructure. Could fake it. They, yeah. they could fake the whole thing. I mean, how do I know that something really exploded in the Ukraine or not? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm already being squeezed with the heat now. I mean, we had a. 500 euro bill for gas to heat our home and it's not even that warm. I mean, yeah. I'm freezing my tits off, to be honest. That's a huge so, problem that for senior people in this country now. I, look, I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, I'm feeling the pinch. I mean, I'm constantly turning off the heat or, you know, going into one room or getting an extra blanket or something. I mean, I can imagine for old people that are really frail, sitting in their homes. So they're already artificially it's inflating dismal. the prices now. So imagine if there is a fake explosion, even if it's fake, yeah. you know, it's ridiculous. So people have to be careful, prepare a little bit, get some extra food in the house, you know, maybe bottle up some water just in case. Because we're not done. We could have a blackout on the internet. It's so easy to pull the plug on that. So easy. Hasn't, hasn't that been war-gamed in the past, the, the, the scenario of cutting the internet in, in, in a time of, 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 of great public emergency. I think they've wargamed such a scenario. Oh, yeah, 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 they did. They had a war game. I think it was during the summer for a cyber attack. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, I used, my job used to be disaster recovery planning many, many years ago in the States. And I, my job was, as a manager of that group, was to make sure that any kind of incident, so you look at, you do all these debates with a group of people, 
determining what could be the possible outcomes. What what if this happens? What if that happens? Uh, what if there's a flood here? What if blah, 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 blah? They're doing the same for us. Yeah. And they've been collecting data on us via social media. Oh, looks like, you know, Dutch people will get really pissed off if we do that. Yes. Or, you know, let's co, you know. Hey, by the way, when you were in that disaster recovery planning, you might have inadvertently been giving some of these people ideas, Elizabeth. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Can you come up absolutely. with a really bizarre scenario where where, 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 where public, uh, you know, where, where uh, can you come up with a, a novel disaster and you come up with it and they say, Bernie, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll yeah, do that yeah. next year but, but they or the do year that, after. But they, but they yeah. are doing that. Yeah. So, and there might be multiple different ways that they will do it. Uh, now they might do it in one way in Canada, another way there. You know, they're, they're toying with us. They're going to keep us off our game as much as possible and keep things uncertain. No one can plan even a holiday. I mean, I remember this time of year, I'd be planning my trips to wherever or something. And I haven't had a holiday in two years now, you know, because I refuse to get tested. I still haven't had the stick up my nose. So, and nor will you, know, you ever have it by the sounds of it. And, 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 and all you're left with then, I suppose, is traveling internally, which is what we've done. Not that we've had many right. breaks, but we, we've gone to Cornwall, we've gone to the lakes, because similarly, we, we can't go anywhere. I'm not having a job. I'm certainly not having a test uh, no. either. I'm going to move it on quickly because I, I, I am it getting lots of calls. But uh, great to catch up with you again. Thanks for that. Thank you Always much, interesting. Man. Thank you very much and uh, for your show. Love Thanks, it as Elizabeth. always. And to your callers. All the best to everybody you're, out there. You're brilliant. Thank you. Fantastic. That's Elizabeth, who, of course, originally from the US of A and has been living in Spain for some time, for some years now. Uh, do get in touch with me. Shall I play the jingle thing again? Lots of you ringing there while I was chatting with Elizabeth. Now you're not ringing, so ring back again. Shall I take a quick uh, two and a half minute tune so I can have some water? I am kind of chasing my tail today. It's been it's been a crazy old blooming day today. So it has. So yeah, yeah. Why not? Here's um, Tom Cochran. Eight minutes past six. The Richie Allen Show live from Salford. Life is a highway. Then your calls till 7 o'clock after this, so keep the calls coming in. Tom Cochran, Life is a Highway on the Richie Allen Show. Mark is in Alberta, he, he, Mark is in Alberta, Canada. Before we say hello to Mark, I think we spoke very briefly sometime last year, I think, with Mark. But before we say hi to him in Alberta, the Washington Post is reporting today that a second US-Canada land crossing was disrupted by the Freedom Convoy, okay? Uh, they, they've they disrupted this, uh, let's, let me just read this, both north and southbound lanes at the, the Coutts border crossing, hope I pronounced that correctly, C-O-U-T-T-S, both north and southbound lanes at the Coutts or Coutts, Coutts border crossing, which links Alberta, Canada, uh, Alberta, Canada, with Montana, were shut down by protesters, according to the Provincial Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Now, as I said, Mark is in Alberta, Canada. Mark, welcome. How are you? Not too bad, mate. How are you? Lovely to speak with you again. We spoke briefly last year, didn't we? Yes, no- yes we did. I'm, I'm actually in the truck right now. Um, yeah, you, you've got a bit of a Canadian feel going on, a bit of Tom Cochran. Fantastic. I know, Freudian slip. That's exactly true. 
Well, life is a highway. Well, it is for you. Of course it is. You make your living doing it. So tell us then, you you said you wanted to tell me what's going on with the borders. Were you referring to those claims that the Freedom Convoy is holding up the borders, that that it's preventing uh, crossings at those borders? Is that that what you want to... Go ahead. Yeah, it's exactly true. It's not just uh, it's not just the Freedom Convoy. You've got farmers involved now. You've got ranches down there on horseback. They this has been going on uh, for about a week now. Um, every now and then they'll allow trucks through. I understand from the people that I know that are down there. It's also going on on the American side as well. Um, but again, it's really difficult to get any news. Because we don't, we have a couple of independent uh, news outlets up here. They do lean a bit to the right. I will be honest. It's very difficult to get somebody like yourself who sits in the middle and basically tells the truth that you know it doesn't matter whether you're on the left or the right. They're all kind of corrupt. Otherwise, they wouldn't get to the top. But yeah. yes, Coots has been on. Coots has been locked down. How interesting. How in- now that will will. It, there's one way of looking at that. And that is, that won't endear the Freedom Convoy and the, the, the righteous Freedom Convoy. It won't endear them to local people. And I, I made that point with Joan earlier on. What do we know of, Mark, the, the support? Like, how balanced is the support for these people? Are, do most people support them? Or, or are they really pissing people off now because of the inconvenience? Well, there's a, there is good support. Last Saturday, I actually went myself. There was a convoy that started down south, come through Calgary from the north, all the way up through a town called Red Deer, then on to Lacombe, Pinoca, Leduc, and headed into Edmonton. The convoy was that big that there's an orbital that goes round Edmonton uh, City, kind of like the M25, but a bit smaller. It's called the Hendy, I do believe. And they circled that. And then a bunch broke off and went down into the uh, city of Edmonton and paraded all around the parliament building there. They've got local people, local farmers down by Coots bringing food. There was even a a country singer celebrity that uh, got in his helicopter and bought food. Fantastic. Took a chopper up in the air and delivered food, eh? Fantastic. That's wonderful. They're getting support. So they are getting support. This might sound a bit childish and a bit trivial, but a number of people have said the truckers need... We have a poor connection there now with Mark, so I'm going to clear it out. He's in his truck, you see, and he might very well be... Well, it sounds like he's stationary, but uh, that connection was a bit poor, so let's get him back Let's get him back on there. This is Mark now, who's, a, who's British, but he lives and works in Alberta, in Canada. And I can't get him back momentarily. He's not available momentarily. But I really want to get him back. Because we were talking about the support for the Freedom Convoy. And I think jean Ann mentioned to me that, you know, they might stop the honking of the horns during the, the evening time. They might at least kind of cease doing that or desist or whatever for 12 hours. Mark, you're back. Yeah. Thank yeah, God. There we go. <laughs> so we were talking about the support. Jean Ann said to me, she understands residents getting pissed off with the horns honking all hours of the night. Shouldn't the Freedom Convoy people say, look, stop honking the bloody horns after dark? I, I think they've done that in Have Ottawa. They? At, night, at night, they're giving them a respite. 
um, that what Jones said is absolutely true. They did give a warning out yesterday that there might be a blackout. Um, the, the problem is it's got very political up here. Uh, you're either on the left or you're either on the right. It's very hard to find people that walk down the middle and go, they're all a bunch of liars. So it, it really is the left versus the right. So stay with, st stay with that thought then. This is what really pisses me off. So you're saying, you and I both know, right? We've chatted before. You and I know yeah. that we're, we're, we're witnessing tyranny that even for those of us who are reading certain books over the years, it's unimaginable. We're seeing this happen. Are you telling me that dipsticks are still fighting one another over being conservatives or being liberals uh, despite the fact that this agenda doesn't discriminate? They're still fighting each other on the old political lines. Yeah, they, they do believe that Morons. the right is going to come in and save them. Morons. Um, they they just they just lost the uh, they just lost Aaron O'Toole, who was who was the head of the Conservative Party. Um, he he got ousted, and now they've got a, a lady in Candice. I can't remember her last name, but they will be looking for a new leader. And people seem to think that these people are going to save them. But it's, you know, it's up to them to save themselves. Absolutely. Amen, Mark. So what are you, what, what are you doing this afternoon? Are you on a job? I've actually, I've got 29,000 litres of milk behind me. There you go. I'm giving it away what I do. <laughs> 29,000 litres of milk. Top man. Have you far to go? Uh, no, I'm near, I'm about uh, 10 minutes from Calgary. Here's another interesting thing. I drive into Calgary every day. There was There's billboards. I'm looking at them right now. These billboards are the ones that are like jumbotrons, you know. They, they fire up uh, messages. And every yeah. time I come down here, it's the same old thing. Get vaxxed, get boost, blah, blah, blah. Looking at one now, you know, vaccinations can, can cure, blah, blah, blah. Yesterday I came down here. And I, I, I knew I was coming up to it. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice to just see something different? And I kid you not, uh, an ad flashed up for the two media outlets that are kind of boots on the ground. Can I give their names out, Richie? Do you uh, mind? Not at all. Go ahead. Uh, one is called Rebel News. Uh, again, they lean a bit to the right. And another one is called True North. If you go on their websites, their boots on the ground in both Ottawa and Coots. They will give you an update as to what's going on. Yeah, and Rebel News has done well. On this billboard. Rebel, Rebel News has done well over the years. I'm trying to think yeah. who, who who might. What's the name of the guy? I know the guy who's who, who kind of fronts that. I know his name. Yeah, I know. You it's do. on the tip of yeah, my, I know my you tongue. Do. I know. I know. I can't remember. For for a while, he was involved with um, with Tommy Robinson. I'm not criticizing him for that at all. I'm just saying he was. That's how I know him. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's just guy. flashed up now, so they've still got that billboard going. So that's the first time I've seen that ever. So that's two days that's been flashing. So they're getting funding from somewhere and word's getting out. They're trying to balance things up, but I wish they'd just drop the politics and, and realise what's going on and just encourage peaceful, civil disobedience. Fantastic, Mark. Can't add anything to that. Thanks, mate, for giving us that update. Great to catch up with no you. No problem. Love it. And great to catch up with you. It's great to hear you, mate. Love, love hearing you every week. And everybody, keep supporting independent media, um, especially people like Richie, because he is right down the middle. And it's great. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, Mark. Roger. Thanks, All mate. God bless and drive safe. That's Mark there in Alberta. Fantastic, eh? Uh, absolutely amazing, that. Right, this is your Richie Allen Show, by the way. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support the Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk.
Yeah, that's me being an idiot, as usual. Um, I'm all over. I'm, I'm managing five different screens right now, which I normally do fairly seamlessly, but uh, rushing into the studios <laughs> just before the show, I'm a little bit all over the place. 21 minutes past the hour. Uh, thanks to all the callers for sticking around the five, six minute mark. Seven minutes, I really appreciate that. Well done. It's good. We've got Dell lined up. Uh, Dell. Um, I, I said to Dell a few minutes ago, I said, you're next, Dell, so let's get Dell on. Call the programme inside the UK. If you don't do Skype, it's 0161818 If you do have the old Skype thing on your phone or on your tablet or your laptop, it's chat with Richie, all one word. Dell, I think, might be in Stoke. Is that right, Dell? It is, yeah. Welcome, buddy. Lovely to speak with you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Yeah, I found up uh, in November. Uh, saying that our missus was pregnant. That's right. And, uh, that's right. And we, we were we were talking about your concerns around that, and and the yeah. jabs. Yeah. Well, now you, you, the, the baby's been born since, by the way. Yeah. Baby yeah, boy. Baby boy. Everything's gone well. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. Um, what is it like? Is that I, your first child, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's brilliant. It's, uh, I can hear you smiling. I'd, re- I'd recommend it. <laughs> so, so, so there is life before your 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 better half gave birth to your son, and then there's a completely different life after that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it does change your life completely, but um, the responsibility of it, like that's yeah, what gets me. Just, you know, to, to be responsible for a tiny little being yeah. like that that you have to shape, that you have to look yeah. after. Exactly. There's a lot of pressure and you want to do as well as you can and make everyone proud and hopefully your, your kid will look back when it's older and, and think you've done a good enough job. Yeah. So there's pressure, but it, it's great. It's, uh, and, it, and it changes your outlook on life and how you think about, you're not just thinking about yourself or even though I'm married, you, you, when it's just you and your missus, as you know, you just that's all you think about really and then obviously you have a kid and it just changes life changes it's great. Eh? Yeah. we we talked about the jabs didn't we the the first time we spoke um yeah. and uh, you you know your your worries about the missus being jabbed and 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 then of course you have all the jabs that are going to be offered to the baby and all of this i don't know if you want to get into any of that you don't have to but these are these are obviously big big decisions now you know that you've got to think about yeah, well, what I was saying um, last year was my biggest concern was because it was all um, it was all on the news and everything about um, pregnant women should get the jab and oh you're at risk if you don't don't have it and that and I was saying that I was giving my message information about that's right like, don't have it basically and she, she still hasn't had it which is great um, and everything's dying down or it seems like it is I think we know that it's not gone or there's going to be something isn't there but yeah. who knows that, um, that is some that, that is some I won't say ending but um, kind of conclusion to that story because when you came on and said that your missus might want to have the job and of course she would have been getting pressure externally as well to have it from other yeah. people and you as the dad to be didn't want her to have it 
it really touched people. Like you remember the messages that came in on the website after yeah. your call. Yeah. And for, for it to conclude the way it has, you know, she didn't have the job. Thank God. Yeah. And I say thank God, not as an expert, because I don't know if the jab would or wouldn't harm her or the baby. I can't say for certain. But I know that there is, you know, a lot of very, very clever people, far cleverer than I am, who believe that yeah. it is dangerous. So she didn't have it. The baby as well. Thanks be to, yeah, to, to, to God. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And obviously, when I'm, there's that pressure. Imagine if I'd been saying, don't get it, don't get it. And if I know. she had got ill and died or the baby had died or something, that pressure on me, it probably, it would have ruined the relationship, wouldn't it? It would. Like, and then all the family, because they know that yeah. how I feel and we're not, we're not jabbed on that. Well, your life would have been ruined by the press oh, yeah, the, the, because the press have been scouring the country to find examples of people who turned down the jabs, Dell and then became yeah. ill. Somebody would have dropped you in it and said, oh, this gentleman's uh, wife became yeah. seriously ill and, 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 and the baby became ill because he's a crazy anti-vaxxer. Oh, there's no yeah, doubt but, about it, yeah. Yeah, and, but it's... it's and you're not an anti-vaxxer, of course. No, and I'm sort of vindicated with so far and it, it's, it, it, it's sort of given me extra credibility to my wife as well because I'm not... I'm not talking rubbish and the baby's healthy, she's healthy, I'm healthy and none of us have had it. So no. it's like, well, if we're all getting ill and dying and whatever, then you could say, well, you're wrong. But I'm not so far. And I think the family and f my friends who have all been jabbed and everything, and, they're all, and they keep asking me, like, why aren't you having it? And this and that. And I'm like, well... I've told them a few things, but you're just talking to a brick wall. There's no point. So You told me when we first spoke about this that this would definitely come and had come between you and your friends, that this was a problem. Yeah. And, and somebody else came on the show not long after you and said that they weren't going out, they were isolated because of it, because they didn't have the job and, and friends did. I remember that lad from Ireland. Yes, yeah. that's right. The, the gentleman was from Ireland. That's right. That's yeah, right. You've got a great memory. He, want, he, he wanted to tell his friends and they all had it and he he couldn't go out because you needed a, a ID in Ireland, yeah. didn't you, at the time? And he was he was devastated. So it's like stories like that, it's horrendous. But I don't know, we'll see what I'm... But the, the main thing what I wanted to phone about was the metaverse. So I don't know if I can just touch on that. Just, just well, as, as brief as you can, because I, I have to stick to this moving on the yeah. course because I said I would I, I'm, I'm something I'm going to be getting into in great detail I'm putting together a programme on it but yeah. but give us the basics give us the gist of it the metaverse of course Facebook is heavily involved in it Oculus this technology this is it these are all um, centralised um, entities aren't they Facebook and whatever they're all controlled and they're all the big players and when Dean was on from Wales, the last phone in, and he was he was on about the metaverse and that, and how it's coming, all that, it's already here, but a decentralised version, and it's in the crypto universe. I, I've been doing some research into crypto this last few months, and there's games such as Decentraland and Sandbox, and these are metaverses. 
they're all decentralized though. No one has any complete control over them. The games where you can go in and interact with each other in VR and um, buy plots of virtual land. And th these plots of land are going for millions of pounds. Virtual millions. land. Virtual land in a game. You can buy um, tokens and um, like things. Yeah, these fungi. What, what do they call these? These fungi. Non-fungible. Yeah, NFTs, which is non-fungible non tokens. I, I see somebody, people buying virtual things. Yeah, virtual items. But what, that, that's insane, then. And the, people are spending millions on them, hundreds of thousands of pounds. But they never get that money back, will they? That, that, that money is gone. No, if, if you go on um, an, a, a, an app called OpenSea, you can see these tokens are exchanging. So someone will buy the original one, and it's a unique item within the metaverse. And then they'll sell that item to the next person, who will sell it to the next person, and it'll keep going up in price, and they'll make a bit of profit each. And some of these items are going for literally hundreds of thousands of pounds, millions of pounds. I'm not exaggerating. What you're, what you're saying to me, if I've got this right, so ultimately they want us to spend lots and lots and lots of time existing in a virtual universe using, obviously, implantables, obviously, wearables, obviously, and the headsets. They want all of this to happen. And and just let me be very brief, right? And so so I might say, okay, well, lovely. I, I, I wouldn't mind spending a few hours in the metaverse every now and then. It might be good for me because in the metaverse, I can own a chateau in 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 in, in Normandy, or I can own a chateau in in the south of France or wherever. But yeah. you're saying that maybe that won't be possible in the metaverse. It won't be possible to to enter the metaverse and 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 live like a king at least virtually because even in the metaverse, such avenues of pleasure might be closed off to the great unwashed like me. Well, maybe in certain metaverses, but right. there's, un there's going to be unlimited metaverses. It's hard to get your head around it unless it you is. look into it properly. That's why I want to get into it on the programme, and I'm, I'm, I'm working saying, on, on talking about it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, it's got to be a bad the, thing, Dale. It has to be. Like, when they're pushing it so hard, it can't be any good for us. I, I thought about this and I was I was thinking like why are young people isolating themselves and they seem close do you know like when we were young we were all out on the streets playing football and yeah. doing this and we, we seemed more as a community where now a lot of youngsters and people in general are locking themselves away and playing on video games and virtual reality and I thought, why? And I was thinking, it's because life at times can be unbearable. Yeah, but like, who's making it unbearable? The same people giving it the metaverse. Yes. Right. And it's, <laughs> and all, all the, it's all negative, isn't it? Everything you hear, you turn on the TV and it's all doom and death. Yeah. and oh, Horrible shit, yeah. It's, it's as if they want to blank all that out and think, I'm going the metaverse. My Fantastic. You've hit the nail on the head there. I can do this, that and the other and I can have that piece of land there and I can play mini golf in the metaverse yeah. and I can go and meet my missus that I've met. Like there was a wedding in the metaverse. You're the kidding me. wedding happened in the metaverse. No, no. way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Has there been a gay wedding in the metaverse yet? If, <laughs> I 
don't think so. It's has been. Do you want? Do you want to get married, Dill? We, yeah, we, should I, we go in? <laughs> we should, should we go, go in. Yeah, I, and get Elvis, get Elvis to marry us in the metaverse. I, 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 I just stay. I'm going to give you the last word before I move on. <laughs> I stay with this, and I am going to. I've got a couple of university people in America that are very interested in the metaverse. I've got a guy who's all for this technology. And I've got a guy who, who can't stand the idea of it. I'm, I'm trying to set up a debate on the programme. I think I'll manage to get them on talking about it. We'll, we'll do an hour and a half on it. But, it, but it's I think... Fascinating. It's fascinating. It is. It, it's undoubtedly fascinating. But for me at the moment, the bottom line, and I don't like to reduce things to absolutes, let alone simple absolutes, but for me, Dell, the same scumbags giving it the metaverse are the scumbags making life absolutely unbearable. And, they, and therefore, mm, you know... When the metaverse that Facebook came out, their stock price went down by 20% because everyone rejected it. It got such bad publicity. Where the decentralized versions of these are booming. They're multi-billion. I think the market cap on Decentraland is something like $6 billion. And Sandbox is $4 billion. $4 billion. Well, let me ask you a very quick question. This is the final one, then I'm going to move on. I would argue, you, like you're saying, like there's a decentralised version. It's not got the, the claws of, of, of Musk or, or, or Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or whoever. But isn't that how Bitcoin came into being? Like, you know, oh, it's not run by the big bad guys. Look, it's decentralised and everybody can get involved. But ultimately... It isn't. And ultimately, you do get, uh, uh, you know, a concentration of ownership. Ultimately, it, it, it becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And these guys take over eventually. I don't, who, I don't know. From what I've seen, most of the people who, the, the geeks and they're not into, that, the, the, all the, the, the people who make the coins and build all the infrastructure and the blockchains and everything, obviously they're very clever and geekish in a good way. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And they do not like centralized entities. They, they want decentralized stuff. So Bitcoin is decentralized. You can own Bitcoin. I can own Bitcoin. And we can trade it and no one can stop us. Like, I can send you, if I had any, I haven't got any, but if I had some, I could send it to you, and no one can stop it. It's on a blockchain, it can't be changed, the code's already written, the amount of coins that are coming into existence, that's already written, none of it can change. Yeah, but what happens, what happens when the Central Bank of England introduces a centralised digital currency, and it rolls it out, and then it tells uh, everybody in the country, you can't buy anything with Bitcoin? Yeah, that can happen. Well, it will happen. That's the, that's the point I'm making. That's what happens. It'll be the same with the decentralized multiverses. They'll shut them down. The reason why they're pushing the central digital currencies is because they know if cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these others, if there's a massive, there's only 300 million people around the world that are into crypto at the moment. If it keeps on getting bigger, and it's it's getting bigger every day, millions and millions of pounds are being pumped in every day. I don't if it gets too big, it'll be unstoppable. I don't doubt it. Dell, Dell. Shut up! Will you shut up? I'm only joking. I just I just want I'm not I'm not doing that yet. I just wanted to press it one time. Yeah. Um yeah. what's um what's your son's name? Lewis. Lewis. Mate, congratulations from the bottom of my heart. And I'm so glad that you and the missus resolved that obviously serious issue 
amicably and sensibly and came together to uh you know to 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 find a way forward i'm really really pleased for you and everybody listening to this who remember who, who will remember you from the previous phone and they'll be thrilled as well so god bless um lewis mate god bless him and good luck to yeah, him and, and you and my missus had polycystic ovaries which makes it harder to get pregnant and she had apple cider vinegar and it it um it it helped her menstrual cycle and it worked the future so, Mrs. A takes apple cider vinegar amongst um, other things, would you believe? Yeah. And swears by it. I just wanted to put that out there. If you got polycystic ovaries, it worked for us. It worked for you. So there's certainly no harm whatsoever in giving it a try. Del, good luck. Yeah. Thanks for calling back. Lovely to speak with you. And as I said, mate, all the very best uh, to Lewis. This is the Richie Allen radio show. The time is 23 minutes to the top of the hour. It's the, it's the global phone-in. I've still got time to take calls. If you feel like calling me, it's very, very simple. So it is. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And you're very welcome back. My great friend Sophie in France, uh, they, they come as a pair, Sophie and Andrew. Andrew's a is a pilot, vastly experienced pilot. Sophie got in touch with me yesterday to tell me that a convoy had begun. Now, I've not got the email to hand, but apparently this happened. It's happening today. Convoys, cars, not just trucks, but cars, private cars, making their way to Paris and people meeting up in Belgium and other parts of northern, central northern Europe. And she even gave me a Facebook page. You know what I'm going to do? Just before we welcome William to the programme, William is in in Scotland. He might be in Glasgow, but maybe he's not. We'll, We'll... I'll tell you in a minute. Let's have a look. Let me bring up this email from Sophie, if I can find it there. Okay, I suppose I've got to keep talking, haven't I? This is radio at the end of the day. Let me see, can I get Sophie's email? Fascinating lady, finger on the pulse, and really interested, so she was yesterday. Got it now, the email. Here it is. Richie, uh, the frogs are copying the Canadians, getting organised for a freedom convoy. Not just lorry drivers. In fact, it isn't lorry drivers, she said. Now I remember. Because unlike in Canada, lorry drivers here are employees. They, they don't necessarily own their own lorry. So it's a convoy, really, of private cars from all over France to go first to Brussels, picking up people there, people joining in their private cars for some of the way or all of the way. Itineraries are out there. Uh, they want to get to Paris by February the 11th, which is Friday. Yes, it is Friday. There is a Facebook page. It is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Convoy France. All one word. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Convoy France. William is an old pal and a long-time listener to the Richie Allen Show and a supporter of the programme as well. How are you doing, son? Are you well? Good evening. Uh, thank you for having me on tonight, Richie. Give first over. Time, great to have you on, pal. First time that I, that I phoned in, so great stuff. First of all, uh, I wanted to say thank you very much for everything that you've done. I think I've been listening to you since about 2015, 2016. And the work that you do, I know you're very modest, but the work that you do, it's second to none. So a big thank you uh, from me. Thanks very much. You're very welcome, William. Thank you, mate. And uh, I also wanted to mention, 
I don't know if you know about a new book by Bart Sabrell. Ah, I don't, but I love. We have a mutual love of Bart Sabrell. Tell us who Bart is. Don't let me do it. You tell us. Remind us about Bart. Well, if people don't know of Bart, he's the guy. He's the guy who famously or infamously got punched by Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> That's right. And he got kicked up the bat by Collins, I think. He did by Michael Collins, that's right. Because, yeah. because which of them did he ask to swear on the Bible that they'd been to the moon? Which one was it? I think he asked uh, quite a few, four yeah. or five. <laughs> he did. That's right. Yeah, he's a lovely yeah. fellow, Bart. He really is. Great guy, smart I'm not, guy. I'm not sure sure if you know about the audio that he recorded as well. Maybe not. Just before you tell us about the audio. Bart made a documentary called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. And I was lucky enough during my radio days in Spain to meet Bart. And I loved him so much and enjoyed listening to him that he would come on often, not just to talk about the moon, but to talk about other things. Bart does not believe that the moon landings ever happened. And I have to say, William, and I'm really looking forward to your take on this, I Bart is compelling. And the evidence that he compiled... His documentary has been seen hundreds of millions of times on social media. For me, he, he made a very compelling case that they never made it to the moon. What do you think? Well, I think the work that Bart has done is probably the best yet. Yeah. It's that compelling. I mean, I've not read his book yet, but I'm getting it on Friday. And in the book, seemingly, um, Bart had got a list given to him of 15 names of people who worked at the studio where they recorded the moon landings. And uh, he actually got in touch with a guy about this list, a guy who was on it. And that very next day, the person who gave him the list, his family got raided by the CIA. No way. But seemingly, this guy practically gave it to Bart through a family member on his deathbed. It's like a deathbed confession. That's what they're calling it. But I mean, the photos, the work that Bart done with the photos as well is quite outstanding. In my own opinion, it's pretty clear that they they didn't go. They might have went, but what they showed us was not them on the moon, in my opinion. If you look back as well, the guy Von Braun, the German Nazi, who got shipped over to America to work for NASA, he told us we would colonise the moon by 1980. We would colonise Mars by 1990 and other solar systems by the year 2000. And blatantly, that was lies. If you fast forward as well uh, to 2004, you've got George Bush, uh, of all people, telling us that we'll have people on the moon by 2022. (laughs) And then you fast forward to 2022 and they've put it to 2025. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and there are many, including Bart, who believe they can't do it, not with existing technology. And we could talk about the Van Allen radiation belt, which is hugely interesting. Now, tell us about this audio that you mentioned a moment ago. Bart's got some audio. What does it um, What does it indicate? Bart, I think it was when Bart was getting kicked out of an astronaut's house, he accidentally recorded audio of 
the astronaut and his son having a conversation where they said, do you want me to call the CIA to have him whacked? No way. <laughs> yeah. You're so, kidding me. No, Bart's got it recorded and it's in the book as well. I'm looking forward to to reading the book. So I'm hoping that you could maybe get him back on. Oh, 100%. Yes. I, well, I wouldn't have known now. Now, it, it might be the case that Bart might drop me a line in the next yeah. few days to say, Richie, I've got the book. What, what I, what I tell you what I, whether Bart Sabrell is right or not is irrelevant to me. I'll tell you why. Uh, I'm only interested in whether a person believes what they are saying. So Bart Sabrell believes everything he says. That doesn't make him right, of course, but what it makes him is sincere and compelling because he believes it. And he's gone to some extraordinary lengths, like William is just telling you. He's confronted some of the Apollo 11 guys and, you know, he's been punched for, for asking these guys to come clean. And he's never been aggressive or, or, or overly hostile. And he's such a small in stature anyway, because he's a big, yeah. obviously a very big-brained, uh, big-hearted guy, but he's such a diminutive guy. Yeah, he got punched by Buzz, that's right, of course, and and chased by others and threatened and, and harassed, and he just doesn't believe it was it was possible. Yeah. Can I just mention this, William? I, it's always worth mentioning. I think anybody who knows me knows that I don't drop names. I couldn't care about people. But there is, I, I, I um, know Vivian Kubrick, I think she's a wonderful lady, Vivian. And uh, I've had many, not recently now, but many a conversation with her, private conversation, about some yeah. of the things that we would talk about on this show. Vivian is very interested in the independent media. And I said, look, um, you've been hearing this for years and years about your dad. And she said, Richie, as far as I know, my father didn't have anything to do with staging uh, the moon landings, she said. Uh, yeah. you know, there's been no reason for me to lie. She said, uh, what I would say, she said to me, is, if Dad had done it, she said, I think it would have looked a lot better. And she wasn't bragging when she said that. She said, if Dad had done it, she said it would have been a lot better. And I, she, her tongue was in her cheek there. I think she was kind of letting me know, maybe, like, like that maybe she doesn't believe it. I'm not saying she doesn't, by the way. I, I wouldn't put words in her mouth, but maybe she had her yeah. own doubts about the bloody thing, you know. What do you think of that yeah. statement, like, that if Stanley Kubrick had done it, William, it would have looked better? What do you think? Um, I'm unsure because, as far as I'm aware, they deliberately made it look bad, so no one could get a proper look at what was actually going on. So um, they deliberately made it look bad, in my opinion. And I reckon Stanley probably was the guy behind it. I wanted to mention as well, in regards to Von, uh, Von Braun, on his gravestone, there's a... It's, a, it's not a Bible quote. It's uh, it's the number to a certain, uh, what is it, you call it, a Bible quote, anyway. A quote or a chapter, yeah. To, yeah, and it's it's reference to a firmament over the earth as well on Von Braun's uh, gravestone. No way. Which I thought was quite interesting. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the flat earth stuff, but I do cover, I do create content myself, and I've covered NASA quite a fair bit. And from what I can gather, they can't really at all get out of low Earth orbit. Even the space station, by their own admission, is in low Earth orbit. Right. Do you want to give us, a, 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 I don't know, for a simpleton like me, lower Earth orbit? So we're, we're really only talking 30 or 40 or 50 miles up or 100 miles up. Is that right? Yeah, well, I think from what going by what NASA say, 
there's different layers to the atmosphere and then there's space. Right. So I think, yeah, you you could be right. I don't think it's any further. Well, William, no, Shat- no. William Shatner went up with Bezos, didn't he? Was it Bezos he went up with? Well, that, they claim they claim now, that I know, they did. I know. I I I like I like William Shatner. I think his friends call him Bill. I I, I find him a very very funny guy and a very interesting yeah. guy. His 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 film career, his private life. I we we all know that William Shatner was never an Oscar winning actor. We 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 know he was never going to get the roles that Olivier got, that Dustin Hoffman got. When he got out of that space thingamajig, that bloody thing that he got out of that capsule. Um, yeah. I don't think he could have faked his reaction to it. Not in the way that he did. And I'm an old sceptic. I've been, you know, a journalist, a hack even for years and years. And I, I don't believe people. That's my natural instinct is not to believe people. William Shatner was devastated. He'd seen something profound. And the curvature of the earth, I suppose. And look, I don't have any axe to grind with flat earth people. I've never really gotten into it. I don't take yeah. the piss out of them. I just I just don't bother with it, really. Yeah. But um, I just wonder about that, you know. And, and not just yeah. him, but Branson and... Oh, no, forget Branson. He's a pathological lawyer. Yeah. But some of the others, yeah, well, William. Maybe they, they put them in a VR set and they actually thought they, they were in space. Is that right? So they I mean, they, so, so maybe actually, put. So, so you, you, you think it's possible that they could have done that to someone like Shatner, stick him into something and make him believe that, you know, he well, was. I'm not. I, I I'm not. I'm not out. saying you're wrong, but I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out because what crossed my mind before is the possibility of some of the astronauts being under some form of mind control, where whereby they actually thought they did go to the moon. Right. So I guess today they could maybe possibly use a VR experience. I did cover the metaverse myself, and I don't know if you noticed, but one of the testers got seemingly got groped in the metaverse. So they've took out new they've took out new laws and the and restrictions for distancing in the metaverse. You're and kidding me? Laugh or not? Do you know, it's funny you say that because there was an article in the Telegraph last week which I refer to on this programme. Or it was the Sunday Times, actually. It was the Sunday Times. And there was a woman who'd used one of the headsets, one of the latest and high-spec high headsets, and she said that there was guys openly talking about sex around children. It's all avatar stuff, of course. They're using avatars. And there was other people simulating sex somewhere else. So that's fascinating now that they're, they're, they're trying to clamp down on this in the, in the yeah. virtual space. Wow. When I covered it, we, I had found documents from, um, I think it was the 80s that talked about a metaverse and they were calling it a second life. So I think that's what it's, what it's going to be offered up as. I did watch an a episode of Click as well, where they went into the VR uh, metaverse and when the presenter took it off, she basically wanted to put it back on. She wanted to go straight back into that world. The real world wasn't good enough anymore. She was enchanted by what she encountered in yeah. the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. It's funny what, what Dell said, you know, make life absolutely miserable for people and unbearable. Miserable, the, the constant barrage of negative news stories, disasters, uh, COVID, all of this, make it absolutely horrendous for people. And then you offer them a very simple key. 
you know, get the wearables, yes. the implantables, get the headset, and you can be transported to a completely different universe. And you will believe, the, to all intents and purposes, you will believe you are actually there. That is amazing, really. I don't agree with Dell, though. Uh, he's a smart fella, obviously. He knows more about it than I do. It sounds like you know more about it than I do too, William. But this idea, you know, about decentralised metaverses. No, that, that's not going to be allowed, I don't think, ultimately. What do you think? I'm unsure because, I mean, it seems to be steamrolling at the moment. I think Nike have invested in sort of, I guess, a metaverse company where you can design clothing. So you can actually work in the metaverse now. You can meet family. You can basically create a world that you've always wanted. And I think it could it could go on to extremes, really. If you look at the world at the moment, they're, they are... He is right. They're doing a good job of making it quite grim for a lot of people. Look at the suicides in Scotland. They are through the roof. It's it's eye-watering at the moment. In the last so two people, years, particularly. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. It's, uh, it's in young men as well, and women, but it's quite sad, unfortunately, to bring it up. But no, no, it's, well, it's important to bring it up because it is happening. Look, we saw the Johns, the Johns, the John Hop, the Johns Hopkins, a study done in conjunction with another university and uh, a Danish university and a Swedish university as well, I think. And they said, look, uh, lockdowns did nothing but bad. They didn't do any good. And they, 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 they did more harm than good. They didn't prevent any any deaths. We've, we've got about 40 seconds, William, before I'm going to wrap it up for today, buddy. I'm delighted that to, to speak to you. I've known you virtually, there you go, virtually for some years, of course, uh, through the programme. So uh, it's been great speaking with you, mate, really has. I'll get on to uh, Bart um, post-haste yeah. to get a copy of the book and to get him on the programme. Great. Thank you. Great stuff. Brilliant, mate. Thank you and, and Godspeed to you, you and your missus and your family. Thanks, William. You too, take care. Bye for now, mate. That's William, top man, Glaswegian. He's in Glasgow there. And that's it. I, re- I don't really have any time to take any more calls. I, I, I'm a man of my word, really. I said it, didn't I? I said we'd get through a lot more calls today and that we'd move them along a bit quicker. I'll continue in that vein as we go on, of course, in the, in the, uh, in the future with phone-ins because it's important because we get a lot of calls. Even today... You know, there's been another 15, 20 people who wanted to get through, more even. And uh, I'm happy to take a note. By the way, if you have been trying to get through, I'm happy to make a note of it and and, and make sure that you get on first next time, okay? Uh, I'm a man of my word. I really am. We'll do that. Those of you who tried to get through today but who couldn't, I'll make notes after the show and I'll get you on first next time. Ask not what the BBG can do for you, but what you can do for the BBG. Support the Richie Allen Show now at richieallen.co.uk. Yeah, do please support the programme. I very, very, very rarely ever ask about it. I didn't ask after Christmas. It's difficult for people. I know it's difficult for people now uh, with the cost of living. Mark Bierski was asking me about it this morning, actually. You know the programme lives and, and dies by your support. There isn't any other money. It's you and you alone. There isn't any advertising revenue. So please do support it. There are details on my website, richieallen.co.uk. There's a bank account thing. There is a Patreon. If you've never supported it before and you are in a position to do so, consider it, please. Uh, if not, well, that's, 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 that's your... That's up to you, isn't it? I can't say any more than that. I will never, ever, ever put it behind a paywall. Ever. Under any circumstances. An old friend of mine from radio said to me, Richie, why don't you charge for the archive? Why don't you charge for the podcast? Basically that the live show would be free 
and then after the live show I would stop streaming and put a subscription on the podcast but I will never ever do that as long as I am able to do the programme I swore back in 2014 I would never do it I meant it I will never do it it will never cost you to listen to the Richie Allen show uh, I, I, I hope we will always have enough people to support it so that, so that I don't ever have to stop doing it but I'll never charge for it right I never will there are people who can't afford the price of, uh, you, you, you know, th- there are people who are struggling to put food on the table. Why should they be denied listening to this radio programme if they like it? That is, it's not everyone's cup of tea. So never behind a paywall. So if you can support, please support. The details are at the website, richieallen.co.uk. But for the last time today, if you can't, don't worry your pretty little head about it. These are very difficult times. Speaking to people today uh, about, you know, the spiralling cost of living, shopping, costings, 45, 50, 55% more than it did three, four months ago. These are rotten times. Energy bills spiralling. These are terrifying times for people. I'm well aware of it. It's not the time. I know it's never the right time to be asking people to consider supporting something like this. So, so there you are. Hey, listen, we're back tomorrow, Thursday, at 5 o'clock UK time with Thursday's Richie Allen Show. Thank you for listening. Thanks to all the callers. You were absolutely brilliant. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and do look after yourselves and one another. Can you be-